This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Thanks to Athletic Greens, your one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right, sponsoring this podcast, and also betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, let's start on a somber note. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, the Bills defensive back last night, goes down. Uh, I'm sure many of you were watching it while it happened. Uh, Those that weren't watching at the time, I'm sure you have seen the video and you've been following this story like all of us have over the past 12, 13, 14 hours. And uh, it, it it was a tough scene. Hamlin gets hit. He gets up. He wobbles a little bit. And then he falls straight back, uh, was not moving on the field. Uh, I've just kind of come accustomed to the idea of when somebody's out like that, you immediately think concussion, Greg, what did you think when you saw the hit and, and kind of everything that happened uh, shortly thereafter? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, when it immediately happened, um, you were thinking um, sort of some sort of concussion, um, possibly, you know, neck related, something along those lines. Uh, but very quickly, um, I think everyone and you know, once you saw sort of the reaction of the players on the field, yeah. you knew that this was an extremely serious situation. This was something different. And, you know, just by the reaction of the football players, this is this was something different than um, a tough injury or something like that. This was um someone's life was in the balance on a football field. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the first time this has happened. It's been a while. Um, you know, in 1971, there was a Lions player who passed away on the field during a game. There was another Lions player who needed CPR, um, I think, in the in, in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, unfortunately, these things happen. Um, you know, once you sort of heard about what happened, about how he got up and then fell down, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Nick, but um, I had immediately immediate thoughts of Hank Gathers, the uh, loyal Marymount player um, who who collapsed and died on a college basketball court. One of the biggest stars in college basketball at the time, Reggie Lewis, of course, um, with the Celtics, uh, you know, collapsed during a Celtics practice. And, you know, unfortunately, these things happen um, in sports and uh, the game becomes very much secondary. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think this is it's basically uncharted territory for a lot of people, given that, you know, it's it's been a long time since it happened in an NFL game. I think that the NFL was trying to do its best last night. I, you're, I know they're going to get criticized. Everybody loves to criticize everything and everyone is the greatest um, armchair quarterback in 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 history. Um, you know, given hindsight and, and other things. But I thought the NFL, I thought that, you know, basically what happens really is they defer to the on-field officials who interact with the head coaches. And, you know, from what I understand from some of the people, um, you know, involved in the game that, uh, you know, basically the Bengals looked at what the Bills were going through and and looked at Sean McDermott and just like, you know, we – we can't continue, you know, I mean, whatever you guys want to do, like, let's go back to the locker room, assess what's the the entire situation. And I think it was, it was pretty quickly apparent to everyone that this game was not going to continue. They just look, there's no playbook for this. 
And so um, no one's going to be perfect. No one's going to handle a situation like this perfect. And I thought at the end of the day, the bottom line is, you know, kudos to the emergency personnel on staff and the NFL's uh, protocols for that. Their trauma, you know, they, they have extensive testing uh, with, you know, on-field trauma, trauma centers, you know, how they deal with these things. I think, you know, those things probably saved DeMar Hamlin's life last night on the football field. Um, and, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, I thought it was handled about as well as you could. And, you know, the other thing that I know about this situation is the NFL will continue. And, you know, now we, we just need to see how that happens. Yeah, we'll get into uh, how the NFL moves forward here and what some teams have done today. And where we're taping this, we should say we're taping this at about 10 o'clock my time, one o'clock Eastern. So we don't know what's going to happen the remainder of the day. Uh, we're talking about DeMar Hamlin himself and, and his condition. He's in critical condition right now as we speak. And of course, if the NFL comes out with anything regarding any games or whatever, we, we will not be privy to that information. So I just want to kind of put that disclaimer in this. Uh, a couple things I, I would say, number one, yes, on the first responders and the ability to get to uh, Hamlin as quickly as they did might end up saving this young man's life. He's 24 years old. And if, if this had happened anywhere else, uh, I, I don't think he, he survives, you know, within the next 20 minutes. Uh, he, by all accounts, was coding. I mean, they, they restored his heartbeat on the field. And so just logistically, if that happens to anybody that, you know, are, are not anywhere close to any kind of emergency personnel and, and first responders who can give the person the medical treatment that they desperately need within those, you know, seconds to, to minute, it, it usually does not end well. So uh, that, that's no doubt about that. I, I do think the NFL uh, could have done a, a little bit better of a job or a better job uh, getting the message out there as, as soon as possible. I thought, you know, 71 minutes, I think it was, and, until calling the game was long. Um, I, I think once you see the reaction of the players and the NFL is fully aware of what's going on, trust me, they were fully aware that this young man coded. They were fully aware that CPR was being administered. And once you get that word, I think it's at that point where you make the necessary phone call to the PA and say, all right, we're going to stop this game right now. We, we can't continue this game. No matter, because to me, and I tweeted this last night, you can't leave it up to the coaches. You can't leave it up to the players. In this instance, Sean McDermott did what was right for the team and what, what was humane. And so did Zach Taylor. And I tip my cap to both of those guys understanding the moment saying, yeah, we can't do this, but this is Roger Goodell's call that, that, that is what is in the CBA. This is Goodell's call. And yes, he has to make it with the PA, but anybody watching this, look, 20 minutes in 30 minutes in, I get 71 minutes later does seem like it was a little prolonged to me. And as soon as you see Stefan Diggs crying and Josh Allen crying and Jadavius white, so emotional and you are no doubt getting reports from the field. If you're the NFL, right? Donna Ponte, who's always there. She was there last night. You are fully aware of what's going on on the field. This is not like Roger Goodell was trying to figure out the condition of DeMar Hamlin. He knew, he knew CPR was being administered. He knew that this young man, his heart stopped at that moment. You've got to say, okay, 
here's plan A. Plan A is we're not continuing this game. And I did think the NFL dragged their feet. I would also say the NFL did not do themselves any favors by, by having the phone call, the conference call last night, because it, it certainly seemed like there was some damage control being had. There's, there's questioning about the five minute warm up that was told to the teams. Um, Joe Buck spoke with the New York post this morning and, and Buck said, Hey, listen, we got that from John Parry and John Parry was in direct communication with the league office. And the league comes out last night and says, we didn't say anything about a five minute warm up. So there's only a couple of options here. Joe Buck went rogue, which is not happening. Trust me when I tell you as a media member, Joe Buck uh, intentionally said as, as less as he could last night, because it's not his role to give you information and guess what's going on. He intentionally gave you just, what he could give you in the moment. And so I don't think Joe Buck is going rogue and saying five minute warm up for the guys. Um, John Parry going rogue. Doesn't seem to me like John Parry would go rogue on national television. Somebody had to give that information to Parry. Now, who did he speak to in the league office? All of that stuff that'll have to get figured out, but it certainly seems like the, the perception right now is that the NFL did some damage control last night saying we didn't mention any five minute warm up. It came from the league office because I don't think anybody on that field is making that decision in that moment. I don't think anybody is clear headed enough in that moment to make that decision. So that five minute warm up came from somewhere. And that is also just a terrible, terrible decision. Like there was, there seemed like there was no room for humanity last night. It seemed like there were a lot of people rushing to decisions and trying to figure things out. And at that moment, I just think everybody needed to sit back and say, okay, first and foremost, we have a player who just lost his heartbeat on the field. And Nick, Nick hang on, hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to interject here. Like I sure. just, I, I just disagree. I mean, you know, there is no precedent for this. Look, we have had players, backboarded off of games um ryan shazier you know barely ever walked again there are players who haven't walked again who have been taken off on stretchers um you know with their their careers in balance and you know they have resumed play they've there was a you know it it had there are protocols in place which is basically like you know i'm sure they treated this like it was a spinal injury where it's like, all right, the hospital leaves the field. This is what we do. There's a five minute warn up. Then, it, then they realize, you know, all right, this is, this is different. This has been 50 years since this happened on a football field. Like I just don't, right. I just don't see the point in at the end of the day, they did what they were supposed to do and how it happened. I don't, I don't really think it's important in my opinion. You're free to disagree. I just don't, I just don't see the point of it. At the end of the day, the play didn't play didn't resume. They cleared the field. And, you know, now we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. The point of it is that the NFL has this uh, reputation and I think justifiably deserved of not caring about the players as much as they could or should. Um, you can go just through like the every, process. just like every other league. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it's just like every other business, you know, businesses, it's big business, you know, they big business. Amazon doesn't care about the people in their factories, you know, stuff right. in boxes. Like, I mean, you know, it is what it is at a certain point. And like, I know but it's Amazon, the NFL and we love to talk about it. It's not, it's not a government 
body. It's a private body that can right. do whatever they want. And the NFLPA has a say in it. They have a, a union for these players to protect them. And if they don't do a good enough job, that's on them. Like that, if, if they wanted more of a say in things like that, they should have held out for more in the CBA. It is the way it is, is the way that it is. And I, I just don't understand. I know they're an easy target, but I just don't understand the need to, uh, to, for people to always like, we, we understand they're the big guy, they're it's big business. They're the bad guy, you know, but at the end of the day, the play didn't resume. The bills left town. They took care of their teammate and, you know, all is well. So. Yeah, I would say Amazon's not on national television. And I would say that, again, I would not compare this to any other injury that's happened on the field unless you're telling me that the person's heart stopped. And DeMar Hamlin, literally, according to reports and, and what other, others have said, DeMar Hamlin died on the field last night. And so I would separate that from Ryan Shazier. I would separate it from any spinal injury. The man, his heartbeat stopped. And his teammates and other players witnessed the man's heartbeat done. They witnessed the, the CPR given. This was a different kind of urgency. Everybody has said it. Um, those that have called games, those that have been around these kinds of, you know, situations, this was much different. And I just think once you see that, and once the NFL knows that somebody's heart stopped on the field, it's not a hard decision. I'm sorry. It's not a hard decision. I, I understand it's big business and I understand all these other things, but when you hear that a human being's heart has stopped and that they're literally trying to revive this guy in front of players at that point, you've got to say as a human being, this can't go on. And so I just thought, you know, 71 minutes was long, but it is what it is. We'll agree to disagree. Let's talk about moving forward now, Greg. So, so several teams canceled media today, including the Patriots. Um, David Cantor, who is a well-known agent throughout the NFL world, tweeted out that, you know, can the NFL postpone play for two or three weeks? And then he followed that up quickly and said, well, if you can't do it for two or three weeks, can we postpone this for at least a week before we get into the specifics with the Bills and Patriots? Because that, that to me is an entirely different conversation. Just the league as a whole. No, you know what? Let's let's start with the let's start with the Bills and Patriots and, and the Bills right now. And then we'll go to the bigger picture. Greg, I don't know about you, but I just cannot see the Buffalo Bills playing a football game. I don't know, within the next few days, week. I just I don't know how you can go through what they went through and then rev up their bodies and minds to get back onto the football field to play a game. Uh, okay. I mean, um, I, I, I didn't know that, um, we were going to sort sort of start there. So I'm sort of speaking on the fly right now. Um, uh, you know, look, I will say the NFL is going to move forward and it, and it's, it ain't taking a two or three week break. I can tell you that much. It's just, it's the way it's these things happen. And that DeMar, it would be different if we were talking about, um, the unfortunate that, you know, he passed away. Um, on the field then, then you're talking okay um but you know I, and I haven't seen the latest reports um I don't know if they've been updated since late last night about how like he was intubated and his vitals are better or, or something along those lines but it, you know it looks like he's in critical condition I think is the last report um, yes uh you know look 
and, and I thought Mike Silver um, did a good job pointing this out today. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think in 2011, um, you know, had a player, uh, Javon Belcher, uh, drive into their parking lot um, after murdering his girlfriend and killed himself in front of Scott Pioli and Romeo Can- yep. Canal, and the Chiefs played the next day. Yep. Um, you know, this is – I could see I, – I don't think uh, I think the Bills are playing at some point this weekend, um, especially if Hamlin continues to improve. Um, You know, could it be pushed to Monday? Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, But uh, and and I'm sure the NFL world is shaken. That was one of my first thoughts that I'm sure there are a lot of um, difficult, um, you know, conversations going on. But these guys, these guys know what they signed up for. I mean, they, if this, this permeates their sort of bubble, their warrior like bubble where, uh, you know, they under, they don't think about it, but they know every time they take it, every time they make a hit, their life's in danger. This is, this is the game of football. It, it happens, happens in hockey as well in other contact sports. Um, I, I think that, uh, very quickly here, probably by tonight, uh, we will hear, start to hear plans that the NFL has. The NFL is, is going to happen. Um, at, I, I do not see them, you know, now it gets into, you know, what's the best case scenario, you know, for everybody involved. Um, I think they go on and play this weekend's games. Um, you know, it's possible that, uh, the bills get pushed back to Monday, um, or Tuesday possibly, uh, with what they're dealing with. But again, you know, it's Tuesday right now. Sunday right. is is a ways away. Monday is even further away. And and things that this is this is not even 24 hours afterwards. Everybody's raw. Everybody sort of, um, you know, fl- you know, I, how do I term this? Just, you know, I don't want to say um, overreact because it's not overreact. I mean, we haven't seen that on a football field, but they're just emotional right now. In 48 hours, things could look a lot different. And you know, I would expect the NFL by tonight or at the latest tomorrow morning to have a concrete plan going forward. I think the easiest thing is to play this weekend's games, uh, possibly move back the Bills game to Monday, uh, and then see what happens. You, There's a scenario where you might not need to play Bengals-Bills again. That is, uh, I did a column on it last night. So that is if... Uh, if the if the Chiefs and the Bengals lose this weekend and the Bills beat the Patriots, they're, the AFC's top three seeds are locked in. There's no changing right. even if the Bills beat even if the Bengals beat the Bills uh, because of certain head-to-head tiebreakers like the Bills over the Chiefs. Um, so, you know, I I think it's play this weekend's games, see what happens, and then it's either either you play Bills. Bengals, uh, you sort of delay the playoffs by the week, eat into the Super Bowl by week, which I am in favor of. They did it after September 11th. Um, they could also they have a lot of practice with, you know, moving things around during the covid year where you could say we're going to play, uh, you know, we're going to play. But if we're going to play Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati on, you know, night, like a Thursday and then you're moving if the bills have a buy, you're moving the Bengals wild card game to Tuesday. Like, you know, that sort of thing. That's the type of thing that they did during COVID. So it's not that they don't have any experience doing that. Uh, but, you know, to me, I would be highly surprised if there is no football this weekend. I would say the only thing that I see them doing is possibly 
uh, moving the Bills game, Bills Patriots game to Monday night. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know the the reaction of the players throughout this week, like you said. Um, you know, obviously, it's a very tough situation health wise for Demar Hamlin right now, and we certainly hope that he recovers and is able to to turn this thing around and and, and be relatively healthy for the rest of his life. But I, I do think a lot depends on what happens here in the next forty eight hours. Uh, if 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 there's a situation where things are kind of stagnant or, you know, hopefully, you know, God forbid this doesn't happen or gets, gets worse in any kind of way. I don't think the league can turn around and ask the bills to play this week. Um, I think, I think it'll depend. And, and the Kansas city chiefs thing is, is certainly um, an interesting, you know, comparison and how it was handled at, at that point and what was done there. Um, I would say that this situation is different from the chiefs because there wasn't the entire team to witness what happened. And Romeo Cornell was there. I believe Scott Pioli was there, um, but really nobody else. Right. I don't think there were any players that were there in that moment. So I think you can can compartmentalize things differently. You know, if you, if you lose somebody in your life and you've got to go to work in the next couple of days I think, you know, dependent on the situation, you can do that. If you were there to witness it, that takes a completely different emotional and mental toll on you. And if you are the Bills and you're Tredavious White and and, and others that were obviously just shook to the core by what they were witnessing last night, I think that does a different kind of job on you, so to speak, than hearing that somebody took their life in the parking lot without actually seeing it. I don't know if there were, you know, if there were chiefs players that witnessed that, I don't know if guys would be able to play the next day that were there to witness that. So it's, it's, it is a lot of newfound territory here. Unfortunately, it's something that we never want to see and have to talk about and go through, but I just, unless Hamlin, unless Damar Hamlin, um, turns for the better here within the next 24 to 48 hours. I have no idea what the hell the NFL is going to do. I, I, I don't think they can go back to the bills and say, you're playing on Sunday. Like you said, maybe they kick it to Monday. Maybe they kick it to Tuesday. I, I don't know what they do, um, but that's going to be, that's going to be interesting because obviously that affects the Patriots and you know, when the Patriots would play. So it, it's, it's all, like I said, newfound territory. I just want to mention one more note before we move to the dolphins and Patriots. Um, there are more good people in this world than bad. And one example of that was the tremendous reaction and response by so many people across this country that found out about DeMar Hamlin and the foundation that he had begun to help children in in a toy drive. And his goal was to hit 2,500 bucks. I think it was. And, um, as of this morning, the last time I checked, it was over $4 million and, and people are just rushing to the GoFundMe page, donating money because that's all that they can do right now. That that's, that is showing the solidarity and support for this 24 year old man who by all accounts, by the way, is a very, very good dude and does a lot of good things. Um, so look, I don't know him personally, but I, I do think it says an awful lot about people that they would quickly try to do whatever they could 
five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks. We've seen players, Lawrence guy. I know Brian Hoyer, several Patriots have donated money to this GoFundMe page. I think that says a lot about humankind. So sometimes we get wrapped up in Twitter and stuff in our polarizing world. This is just the latest reminder that there are a lot more people that do good than bad. And, uh, it, it was, it was, it was nice. It was a nice silver lining to see last night, people getting together and doing that. So, and also bills and Bengals fans outside the hospital, you know, having prayer circles for, for the young man. Um, you know, that's just a reminder that, you know, there are a lot of good people. All right, before we get to what the dolphins and the Patriots and what we saw, Greg, tell the people about athletic greens. Yeah, I started taking AG1 six months ago. I, I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, kind of has a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. Now part it's part of my routine, and I'd be lost without it. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, before we get to Dolphins Patriots, here is a quick update two minutes ago from the Bills via their Twitter uh, they just tweeted out DeMar Hamlin spent last night in the ICU. Uh, he remains there today in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, so that's that's the update. Uh, he was in ICU throughout the night. He is still in ICU and he is currently in critical condition. That was from the Buffalo Bills two minutes ago. Um, Dolphins Patriots, Greg, let's take a look at it. Uh, does this does this game in any way change your view about this team? No, it doesn't. I mean, you know, I think it was it was more the same. Um, you know, I thought um, and we'll get into this a little bit more. I, I was to me this game watching it on film and, and just to let just the full transparency with people, because I covered the Winter Classic yesterday. Um, I haven't quite done my extensive film study. I've done about uh, I've done the defense through the Duggar pick six and the offense. I took a quick look on film just to get a general feel of the game. But I came away, in my opinion, uh, the the story of that game was about that the, the, the decisions that Mike McDaniel and Josh Boyer made, um, you know, heading up the Dolphins offense and defense in that game. Yeah. I did not, I did not agree with their approach at all. I, I think they bungled that game. I thought McDaniel choked a bit in terms of how he came out and played that game. And it helped contribute to it played right into the way the Patriots need to play, which is you're hoping for a couple scoring drives. They put together three drives. That's it. I mean, the opening one, the one to clinch the game, you know, mad respect for them doing that. Uh, But that was it. And, you know, defensively, they did fine. But that was not the usual Miami offense uh, without Tua. And then they lose Teddy, who makes two starts this year and can't finish it either game. 
Um, he was not good on film in this game. And I, I don't think a lot of it had to do with the Patriots. Uh, there wasn't much of a pass rush until the, the Patriots got the lead after the pick six. Um, you know, so look, it's good that the Patriots won this game to, you know, extend their season one week, but uh, this does not change anything from this. I don't think this team is good. Um, they're eight and eight. It's not a good record. They're not a good team. And, uh, you know, they beat another backup and third stringer. And that's what they've done this year. You know, kudos to Kyle Duggar for coming up with the pick six. Nice call by Steve Belichick. Bad read by Teddy Bridgewater. Good play by Kyle Duggar. Sensational return to get it into the end zone, which they probably needed because the offense probably would have kicked a field goal. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, kind of same old, same old for this team, you know, all the way around. And let me also toss in the special teams was horrible in this game. Oh my God. They sucked. The special teams were <laughs> terrible. Um, let, let me say like, I, I will give credit to this defense because you know, for, for six quarters or so they limited Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. Um, I, I won't count the last quarter and a half or whatever with Skylar Thompson. I'm just not going to do that. Uh, third string quarterback rookie. It is what it is. But you go back to game one, and I know it was early in the season. I'm just not going to continue to give caveats and disclaimers for this defense. Like, the, the, the point is they limited big plays from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell aside from the blown coverage and screw up on the angles or whatever at the end of the first half in week one. They mostly shut those two guys down, which is something that teams have not done this year. So I do give them credit, and I give them even more credit because I, they had a couple of guys who literally they just met this week. And, and, and sign and put up on the, on the team. And you're playing with what four safeties out there and you're really trying to put it together. I, I thought that spoke volumes of this defense, frankly, I can say that. And I can also say, and, and I tweeted this, that I thought the dolphins coaching staff was exposed uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I thought McDaniel was exposed and I thought Boyer was exposed, especially McDaniel. Like when you're going, you have to get the football to Tyreek Hill. You have to get the football to Jalen Waddle. And, you know, before the Bridgewater injury, especially. So, yeah, I, I thought the Dolphins coaching staff had a bad day at the office. Um, quickly, I have another update here. This is about the NFL. Greg and I were just talking about the schedule and how this is going to work out. Uh, the NFL has released a statement. This was about three, four minutes ago. Uh, here's what it says. The NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and the Bills and Bengals organizations. Uh, and the PA after speaking with both teams and NFL PA leadership, Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the bills Bengals game will not be resumed this week. So as, as we talked about that game will not resume this week. Uh, the NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. Sounds like Greg is probably right on as far as his thoughts about how they'll handle this game. Uh, and when you look at the league in its entirety, Uh, This is interesting to me, at least right now. Again, you still have plenty of time. But as of right now, the NFL says the league has not made um, any changes to the week 18 regular season schedule. Uh, We will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. So as of right now, no changes to the week 18 schedule. Bills, Bengals will not uh, resume at any point this week. And we'll have to wait and see as we move forward. Uh, over the next day or two, um, if there are any changes to that statement that the NFL just released. So that, that fills you in uh, on, on that situation. All right. So offensively dolphins wise, Greg, 
Yeah. Uh, you, you put a note in here. And as I just mentioned, like I thought the Dolphins coaching staff wasn't good, but uh, you looking at the film didn't really understand what Mike McDaniel was doing. No, not at all. And uh, well, I do, but I just think it was wrong. It was very Patriots. Like it was very Matt Patricia. Like the decisions, oh boy. basically the Dolphins, Dolphins coached this game. Like they were a bunch of Frady cats. Like, you know, like I understand their offensive line stinks and they they were down to their third left tackle, their second right tackle. They brought Lee and Eichenberg back at left guard who was freaking horrible in this game. He was horrible before he got hurt. I can't believe they just inserted him back in the lineup. So I understand that Mike McDaniel was like, I got to protect our offensive line. Um, but there, you know, there's a couple of different ways to do it. I mean, he, he obviously thought that Matthew Judon and Josh Uche, he was afraid of them coming into this game. I understand that. I disagree. I wouldn't be that afraid of them, especially as long as you run a a quick passing game offense, they're never going to get home. We've seen that in other games. Like the Patriots need, you know, deep drops, deep pass routes so that they can loop and pick and stuff like that. That's where they get a majority of their pressure. Um, you know, I thought that the Dolphins, way too many multiple running backs, multiple tight ends, condensed formations, like they took away what their advantage. I mean, you know, when they spread out the Patriots, especially early in this game, when the game was in doubt before, like the pick six, more often than not, they gained yards. They just kept putting like running backs and tight ends on the field and slugging it up the middle, not running east to west and, and using their speed and their, the Patriots lack of speed against them. Like it was just, it, it looked like they were playing not to lose this game. And that was just a mistake. That's, that's what the Patriots do. If I were them, I would have said, screw it. We're going to spread the Patriots the hell out. And we're just going to like pick them apart. And look, Teddy, even with the, with the approach that they took, Teddy Bridgewater left a lot of plays on the field. He did not play well in this game. He did not see it. Well, he missed guys open down the field, you know, often checking it down when he had better options. Um, I just thought the the Dolphins completely played into what the Patriots like to do defensively, and that's why I can't give them a ton of credit in this game. And yes, I understand um, that the Patriots are beat up in the secondary, but the Dolphins are beat up on the offensive line. The the Dolphins are are also beat up in their secondary. I just thought that this the defense's performance overall, while it was fine, it was more about the it was more about. Uh, the approach that the Dolphins took and their their execution, especially at the quarterback position. Patriots offense. <laughs> I'm going to read this verbatim from you. Mm. I actually liked the Patriots offense. Dot dot dot. A little. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. There were there were times you know like, um, you know, it made me a little uh, a little frisky. Watching this offense. I mean, I, I, I liked going down the field. I mean, was it perfect all the time? Was Mac Jones perfect all the time? No. Did Josh Boyer, the moron, as we talked about last week, did he get over aggressive and he comes out playing? He can, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> how do you play? All right. You know, you have Ke- Keon Crossan, who's a special teams guy. You have the co two kid who's an undrafted free agent. You're already without Byron Jones. You don't have Xavier Howard. You're down. You know, you do have uh, the, the, the safety who's a good Holland. player. Number eight. Yeah. 
um, the other safety isn't any good, and you decide, yeah, we're going to come out and pressure and go man to man all over the place on the first, like, dude, what are you, what are you smoking? Like, and plus with the Patriots and how they, they can't even, they can't, they don't know how to run routes against zone defense. Like, you know, and, and that caused it. And this went on in this game too, where, you know, Max looking for Tyquan Thornton at a certain point, Tyquan Thornton has his head down. You know, Tyquan did make some plays in this game. Congratulations to him. And he, you know, this was some improvement, but you know, how does, how does Mike McDaniel not tell, tell Josh Boyer, look, we have nobody in the secondary make the Patriots are grenade offense. They're going to shoot themselves in the foot at some point, make them go 12, 15 plays to score a touchdown. Like, I don't care how long they hold the ball. Like instead he's playing press man all over the place. And that, that makes it easier for the quarterback to see the game. It makes it easier for the receivers on the routes that they're going to run and all that stuff. Just like, you know, what the dolphins did on offense, what the dolphins did on defense, just, you know, funneled right into what the Patriots want to do. And, and I thought, I thought Mac made some big time throws in this game down the field. Some of it against pressure. Uh, I thought overall he was more accurate than not. Wasn't perfect, you know, but I will say overall there's still, and this is why, why, you know, playing Buffalo, whenever that happens, like it's hard for me to sit here and say, oh, well, they have a really good chance. They could put pull it off. The same stuff's going on on film, Nick. The bad routes, the bad timing, you know, all that stuff, which then causes Mac to hold the ball, and then he looks worse, and that's what a lot of people see, and they're like, oh, he's holding the ball. He's indecisive. He's this and that. It's it, it's where they are on offense. This is who they are, and it's just not consistent enough, but it was good to see them make some plays. I I, I liked what I saw somewhat in this game. <laughs> i think all of us know at this point like this is like we're, we're grading on a bell curve here like it, it, this is all relatively speaking when greg says I, I liked some of the stuff a little bit offensively i don't think he's saying well matt patricia is well on his way to being one of the great offensive minds in football it's like we, we've seen this offense be so bad it's like well there were a few things that you could pick and, and say that wasn't that bad <laughs> that's that's pretty much where we're at getting ready uh, for the final week of the season. All right, before we give you three up, three down, uh, let's get into Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports and soccer. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, players, news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Three up, three down, Greg. What do you got? Okay. So I have uh, Christian Barmore. I thought mm. he was really impactful in this game. Um, he was really the only guy to bring a consistent pass rush when he got the opportunity before the game and Skylar Thompson came into the game after that it was kind of a free-for-all everybody was getting pressure that that's really that's what's disappointing about the offense this year Nick is like um you know the Patriots like a lot of teams um you know the, the way they're constructed not overly impressive on offense but and not overly impressive on defense but you know if you can make the score if you can get a lead and now that now you know the team has to throw every down that plays into the defense and and you know that that if the offense was better and giving them a lead at times 
then the Patriots would have a couple more wins, just the way that they are built. So I thought Barmore did a really good job. Uh, Kyle Duggar with the pick six. We're going to talk about him in the in the uh, member question in a second. Let's go Tyquan Thornton um, with the third one. I, again, it wasn't perfect from him, but it was an improvement. He was productive and, you know, good job by the young fella. Uh, for everybody keeping track at home, Greg just broke this, the curse rule. So he owes me a buck. Um, I had the same three, <laughs> I had the same three Duggar, Barmore, Thornton, because Hey, he made some plays and it was nice to see. And, you know, uh, any, any signs of life to Thornton within this offense, I think is a good thing. Three down, Greg. Uh, I am going to go. Number one down is the new England special teams. Um, oh my God. I mean, my, uh, Pilardi was freaking horrible punting the ball. Uh, Nick Folk missed another extra point. You had the schooler uh, penalty, which gave the Dol- Dolphins went on to score that drive. Um, you know, just for people scoring at home, because I look at this, you know, every week. Um, New England in Football Outsiders weighted DVOA on special teams. That's They put a more of an emphasis on the games later in the season. It's more how you're playing now. They have them rated 29th in the league. They were, I could tell you, they were probably middle of the pack about six weeks ago. They are plummeting in the special teams ratings. And I don't, again, this is, this goes to the whole coaching staff. I don't know how Cam Acord hangs on to his job. This is like, they are the bottom of the league. Again, they were last year. Um, I know it's not all his fault. And some of it's the players and they're dealing with replacement players and blah, blah, blah. But it's show business, baby, and they ain't getting the job done, and they are hurting this team at this point. Oh, and also, yeah. uh, let me let me toss in um, Devin McCourty. I did not think he played well in this game. He contributed yeah. to – he had the dropped interception. Uh, he gave up a touchdown there on the edge to Tyreek Hill. He should have been better there. And I will also say Ramondre Stevenson. Um, he missed two big blitz pickups in this game they weren't overly complicated he whiffed um and so um you know he's he's having a little bit of a rough go uh of it right now and i don't think he's great in the passing game he had another example you know we talk about mac jones looking for guys like he wants to throw it and stevenson still has his head down and leads to those passes like ahead of him behind him whereas if he's if he's turning with the right timing mac just tosses it to him he's got a head of steam and goes on it's just that's completely off at this point yeah, Joe Judge, special teams coordinator next year, please. Bill yes. O'Brien, OC quarterbacks coach. Matt Patricia, defensive consultant, whatever the hell else job Bill wants to give him to make him feel better about himself. That, that's where this coaching staff needs to go. Pilardi needs to be cut. You can't tell me that there's nobody out there that could punt better than this guy. I mean, I, I know it's the end of the season, but come on. He's it, like, I keep seeing net punts under 30 yards. Like, what the hell are we trying to do here? Um, <laughs> he's just brutal. He's brutal. And McCourty, it, it, I'm going I'm to be nice. Uh, I'm going to try to be diplomatic here because Devin has been a great Patriot. Uh, I do not know him personally. Uh, I know, Greg, you probably know him much better than I do. Everybody I talk to cannot speak any higher of, of the McCourty twins, Jason and Devin. Um, but if we're evaluating him on the field, he is well on the back nine. And yep. as this season progresses, he looks like he's on hole 18. And, and I think he knows it. I think everybody knows it. He's a, he's a step, step and a half slow. 
Um, and that's what happens. You know, guys, 35, 36 years old. It's not, it's not hating on Devin. This is the natural progression of a pro athlete, unless you're Tom Brady or LeBron James, who continue to play at MVP levels in their late thirties and mid forties. And I think this is the last, you know, we'll see of Devin McCourty and, and again, appreciate everything he's done. He's been such a huge part of this team, but they, they need to get younger. Adrian Phillips is also, uh, you know, what, 31 years old. They need to get younger uh, at safety, which leads us to the BSJ member question of the day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for seven months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, kind of has a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, the forty nine ninety nine annual plan. Oh, thirty nine ninety nine. Hold on, thirty nine ninety nine. Nick, get it right. Uh, the annual plan. BossesportsJournal dot com. Uh, Greg, you said there was there was some questions about Kyle Duggar. So let's let's jump into Duggar. Yeah. So um, this is actually from Twitter, and I thought it you know it was a good jumping off point with you know what Duggar's done with you know the the interception return and three return touchdowns this year. Tim Hawkins says, uh, Greg Bedard, I remember you saying at some point this season that your assessment of Duggar's potential had shifted from all pro to just good. What are your thoughts now? Anything change? Um, the short answer is no. And and just to refresh people, uh, I'm just looking at uh, a tweet I had in 2020, which would have been, that would have been his rookie year, I think. Uh and I tweeted, I haven't even finished the first half of the Patriots defensive film, and I've seen enough. Kyle Duggar should be on the field 24-7, they, and they don't need Patrick Chung back next year. And I said, he should be the Patriots version of Jamal Adams in short order. Um, I liked him. I, I didn't know anything about him in the draft process. I'm not a draft Nick, uh, but I watched his college film and his senior bowl film, and I was impressed. Um, his His talents are evident. I mean, he is... And it's, you know, you stand next to him in the locker room. I mean, the dude is just, he's built to be a football player. Long arms, long legs, explosive as hell, can run, can jump. Um, 
has, you know, smarts, um, you know, and we've seen that in recent weeks. Um, but the short answer is no, nothing has changed since and about, I think, the middle of the way through this season, because this is year three for him. This is when it should all come together for him. And you could make the case with these three return touchdowns. One was uh, Judon uh, forced the fumble. He was there. He picked it up. He ran it in. Uh, the other one was, I mean, great play by him. Terrible play by Carr on that little flip out. That was just dumb uh, by the quarterback. That shouldn't happen. Uh, and then this one, which was a really good call, execution by everybody, the inverted cover two. He read it, caught it. Nice job. Awesome return. I, I will say this about him. His, his, uh, he, he's making more big plays, but he also makes a lot of mistakes in every single game. Uh, you know, even in this game, uh, you know, he had a pass coverage that he, he completely left. He didn't get a drop deep enough and it led to a 23 yard gain. The week before we talked about it, there were two cover two where he's the middle linebacker and he blew the coverages. One of them where Irwin just dropped the ball. If Irwin catches that ball, the game's over and it's because of Kyle Duggar. That stuff happens every single week. And, but I will say this, and I also said this to the, to the, once I thought more about it, um, I still don't think that the Patriots coaches understand what to do with Kyle Duggar. And it's very similar to Patrick Chung's first go around here. They're not the same. Uh, you know, uh, Duggar is a much better athlete and have, has a much higher ceiling than Patrick Chung. Uh, Patrick Chung was just a good football player. Occasionally made some plays. But his first time here, they kept playing him, you know, in, in space as a safety. And he flamed out. They let him go. He signed with the Eagles in free agency. He flamed out in Philly and came back here sort of, uh, you know, hat in hand. And that's when they said, you know what? We're just going to put you near the line of scrimmage. You're going to be another linebacker. You're going to attack the run. You're going to put cover man to man. You do that. And he took off. They need to do the same thing with Duggar. Yes, he made a play in space today. He made a game changing and won the game for them. But that doesn't mean that's what he should do every week. So until they find out and they put him in position for him to uh, to do what he does best. Um, and I know not a lot of national people see these splash plays and are all like, oh, Kyle Duggar is this and Kyle Duggar is that. But if you watch him week in and week out and you watch the film, there are limitations. I, I think he could be still better than Jamal Adams because Jamal Adams has been uh, revealed just to be basically a run support linebacker as a safety. Duggar still has the potential to do more. I think it's just on the coaches if he continues to be here uh, at the end of his contract, if they sign him to a contract extension to figure out a way to use him as sort of a unique weapon. Cause I think he's a unique talent. They never really had a guy like this. And uh, as soon as they figure that out, then he can go to all pro status. But for now, I just think that Kyle Duggar is a good player who makes some splash plays. There you have it. His name is Greg. I am Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by Athletic Greens at betonline.ag. Um, we're going to see where all this goes. Fluid situation with the Bills-Patriots game, obviously. Greg is uh, showing everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, go Rutgers. Uh, until next the, time. The everybody- number one Purdue last night, baby. Again, second straight year. On the road. Oh, there you go. oh boy. Boiler up. Uh, <laughs> until next time, everybody, be well and a uh, happy new year.